we, uh, we want to preach a very simple message this morning, and uh, it's uh, one the Lord has given us on, uh, on trust or faith or uh, making a decision to follow Jesus Christ. We take our, our verse from Proverbs chapter 3 and uh, verses 5 and 6, and uh, the New Living Translation says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I'm going to read that again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Today, many people try to win our confidence. It's called salesmanship. Many people appeal to me for my trust and you for your trust. Airlines want to fly you five miles up in the air from, you know, on the trip to Toronto or to London. And they'll say, trust us, we won't drop you into the ocean, you know. The Department of Highways, uh, we think of the Confederation Bridge that goes to Prince Edward Island and probably most of us have crossed it many times straddling nine miles of the Northumberland Strait. It uh, shakes in the wind. It also, if you've ever had a reason to stop on it, traffic makes it you know, go up and down, up and down, and back and forth. And the engineers say, trust us, we won't drop you into the ocean, you know? Uh, the school teacher, the doctor, the banker, the butcher, the preacher, the mechanic, all say, trust me. They say, trust me. Sadly, we learn that none of these titles mean that we can place total trust in individuals. We, we've learned that, sadly. Uh, we've learned that trust is something that must be earned. It, it can be given, but it must never be demanded. Yet through the ashes of devastated lives, we hear the voice of Jesus who says, Trust me. We hear the voice of Jesus who says, Trust me. Beyond all everything else, trust me. Through the darkness of sin that shrouds and condemns a person with guilt shines the light of Jesus who says, follow me, trust me. That's what Jesus says. He invited his disciples to come and to follow him. In Luke we read that he said to us, the crowd, if any of you wish to be my follower or my disciples, you must turn from your selfish ways and make, take up your cross daily and follow me. Some of the first recorded words that Jesus said to his disciples were, follow me, follow me. That's the words that they heard. They trusted Jesus and followed him. And God birthed hope in the hearts and minds of that, of that generation of early Christians. God gave them a wonderful gift of spiritual resurrection life. He created in them the divine hope of eternity in heaven. They trusted Jesus and followed him, even to the point of death, and many of them martyred him. The reality of Jesus' resurrection, it confirms that their hope was based on truth. You know, King Solomon, when he wrote these words in Proverbs, he challenged us in our very souls when he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. That's for the older generation, 
That's for the younger generation. That's for every future generation. That's for the past generation. That's for the church when Jesus comes back. It is trust the Lord, seek his face, and he will show you which path to take. The three principles to live by. It's trusting God in spite of the circumstances we live in. Trusting God in spite of the circumstances that we live in. Trust God in spite of the personal emotional feelings. In spite of your personal emotional feelings. Set those feelings to one side. Trust God. Trust Jesus. And we see thirdly is trust God regardless of the consequences. Regardless of what you perceive the consequences to be, trust God. Trust Jesus. So trust Him in all your ways. Trust Him in everything. You know, Jesus is worthy of my trust. We trust people when we believe that they will not fail us. We, we, we believe they won't fail us, so we trust them. But Jesus is a fresh, unique voice because He has never failed. Jesus has never failed. He says, trust me. History records, testimonies share, lives that are lived, all state Jesus has never failed. The Word says that Jesus has never failed. And so he is worthy of your trust and worthy of our trust. When King Solomon, he wrote Proverbs, but David, his father, wrote the book of Psalms. And we look in the scripture in Psalm 62, we find that King David, he defines his trust in God. He highlights in verse 8, he says, uh, trust in the Lord at all times. That's kind of the, the principle that where he ended up, his, his definition, his experience, his testimony was trust God at all times. Well, we see that in verse 1, he, he gives his insight, he says, trust, I trust in God because he's the giver of rest. Verse 1 says, my soul finds rest in God alone. My soul finds rest. He's the giver of rest. Where do you go for rest? For rest in your heart and rest in your soul. We see, secondly, he said, I trust in God because he is the Savior of my soul. He's the Savior of my soul. You know, it, it, he says, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. And he says, I trust God because he is the foundation of my life. He's the foundation that I build upon. We find that in verse 2. He said, he alone is my rock and my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation. All the other things. He is my fortress, and I will never be shaken. Hallelujah. When you're standing on the rock, how many know you're not going to be shaken? Praise the Lord. And he's not going to fail, and he's not going to let you down. We find the psalmist, he also says that he trusted in God because he gives hope. In verse 5, he says, my hope, my hope comes from him. The hope that we have in God, the hope that we have for the future comes from God, not from the, your bank account, not from circumstances, not from things, not from the, your nationality, not from anything, but it has to come from God. It's the same thing today. We, we see, fifthly, that he is the source of his honor. He says in verse 7, my salvation and my honor depend on him. Uh, you know, honor and, and honor and character are built one decision at a time. And, and so in order to build that character and build your, 
principles of honor in your life that you live by, you have to know Jesus, follow him, and trust him that he's not going to lead you astray. But when you trust him and follow him, guess what happens? Godliness and Christ-likeness and uh, uh, the divine nature of God as you've become a partaker of his divine nature at salvation, that is something that is birthed and implanted and grows and, and dominates and you, you, you follow Jesus Christ and he has never failed you. To all people, in verse 8, everywhere, trust in the Lord at all times. Pour out your heart to him for God is our refuge. Hallelujah. God is our refuge. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. We can trust him. Therefore, we're able to tell God our hopes, our fears, our failures, our successes, seek his leading, and wait on him for his approval. We can trust God. You know, when people give their heart to Jesus, many times they feel very intimidated with the whole idea of prayer, of talking to God. I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know how to say it. I wouldn't know what words, I wouldn't know what to put into words. You know, Jesus loves you so much that he's like a parent who just simply takes a child and says, say da-da, you know, or mama, you know. He just says, like, say it like it is. Say it like it is and trust him. Or it's like a child learning to walk. Come to daddy, come to daddy. And you stand about this far away, you know. And come to daddy. Oh, she took her first step. You know what I mean? And so God is like that. Jesus is like that. And you can trust him. He won't drop you. He won't fail you. You can trust him. He takes you and he, and, and he loves you and he holds you and he lifts you and he strengthens you, and he continues to teach you. For years, he continues to teach you. You know, we, we beca- the older you get, a person usually becomes more patient because the older you are, the more you recognize that God has been very patient with you. You know what I mean? God has been very patient with you. That's why grandparents are more patient usually than children, or than parents, I should say, with, with the children, you know. And uh, But we find this that we can trust him. He is worthy of our trust. In the Christian walk, there are levels of trust in which trusting the Lord, there's levels of, of, of love. Um, sometimes we trust people that don't deserve it, you know, and they let us down. And, and we know that. Uh, but we love them anyway, so we, we give them the benefit of the doubt and we trust them a little more. Uh, sometimes we trust when we shouldn't. In the Christian walk, there's levels of Holy Spirit leading. Uh, some people find it are easier led by the Lord than others. Uh, there also seems to be levels of blessing. God asks us to trust him so he can teach us, he can lead us, he can bless us, he can strengthen us, he can fill us with himself so we can learn to listen to him. Uh, Habakkuk, he, he says that he says that just shall live by faith, but living by faith in spite of negative circumstances. The just shall live by faith. You know, when everything is going wrong, trust me. And he says, live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So when everything, when nothing's working right, trust God. Trust him. That's the lesson of Habakkuk. Uh, We find that Job says, in the midst of his loss, he says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. 
Though he slay me, though he take my life from me, yet will I trust him. Wow, wow, wow. Abraham, the ancestor of King David, he chose to obey God by faith. And Hebrews 11 is full a history, a, a, a list of people of the heroes of faith. And he became the father of many nations, it tells us. He left his home and traveled looking for an earthly city by faith. He looked for a city with heavenly dimensions, it tells us. And the heavenly dimensions or heavenly Jerusalem, whose builder and maker is God. You know, he's, that's who Abraham, an earthly Jerusalem of David, the, uh, the, the city of God, is called that, Jerusalem. Um, a heavenly Jerusalem is what Abraham was looking for. But we find that God provided. And, and Abraham followed by faith. Uh, trust, some things about trust. Trust obeys when we don't know where God is taking us. Uh, Abraham didn't know where. Uh, if, if you trust, obeys when you don't know where God is taking you. Um, don't just let your career goals direct your life. Let God direct your life. He knows what you have need of. Don't just let money dictate. I, 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 I'm just going to... I, I spent 40-some years as a pastor, so I have to throw this in here. <laughs> you know, I hear too many times that people say, well, the young people, young next generation, they have to go where the job is. You know something? I understand that, but that's not really true. The truth is, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 So let's put Jesus first. That's what it's at. It's put Jesus first and not bow down at some of these other things. We're able to tell God our hopes, our fears, we, our failures, our successes. Uh, we seek him. Uh, we lean on him. We wait on him for his approval. Uh, you know, Peter, he commended the Christians for trusting Jesus whom they had not seen. In 1 Peter chapter 1, he says, You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Hallelujah. What's it all about? The reward for trusting him is the salvation of your souls. Hallelujah. 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 We trust him, though we have never seen him. We love him though we have never seen him. I've never seen, had the privilege of seeing Jesus. He's never shown himself to me. I know his presence. I know his blessing. I know his approval. I know his word. I know his voice, but I've never seen him. All I know is this, that I trust him. And his word is true. His word is true, praise God. And he is faithful. He has shown himself strong. He has shown himself mighty. And so we trust him. Peter is telling us there's a connection between the love and the trust, and there seems to be levels of trust. Uh, you know, it, it's the, uh, we, we trust him. You know, we don't always trust other people, but we trust him. 
in the Christian walk, there are levels of, of the way that God takes us and leads us and directs us. And trust obeys when we don't know where God is taking us. And trust obeys when we don't know how God will take us there, how he will get us there. A- Amos Dodge, he, he, uh, I remember picking this up from camp. He, says, he said, some mountains are, are, cast, are for casting out of the way and other mountains are for climbing. Some mountains are for casting out of the way, and other mountains are for climbing. We need discernment. We need to see through God's eyes. You know, we trust God when we don't know how he will take us from point A to point B. Uh, Andrew Murray says this, you know, beware of limiting God to your, in your prayer by what you imagine you know God will do. Expect the unexpected. Don't, don't just limit God in your prayer to what you have known God can do. Expect God to do something you didn't think he could do. Expect him to do the unexpected. Trust obeys when we don't know where God is taking us. We don't know how he's taking us. And trust obeys when we don't know when God is taking us. We don't even know when sometimes. And so we see that, can I trust him? Can you trust him with, your, with God's healing, with your healing, the need in your body that's physical? He may use a miracle. He may use medicine. He may use a doctor. Uh, can you trust Jesus with your families, with his family's safety? Does he still protect people on the highway? You know, uh, our son, Paul, who's pastoring in, in Waterloo, Ontario, was uh, in northern Ontario. Him and his wife and, and their th- uh, young daughter was driving and had a confrontation with a moose around midnight in northern Ontario. Uh, they were driving a Tiguan, and, and it was totaled, and uh, they, they were not harmed. Praise the Lord. They were not harmed. Uh, the policeman said very seldom we see somebody who escapes a moose confrontation without there being a fatality involved. And so this, th- it, wasn't just, it wasn't just not a fatality, but they weren't harmed. They spent the night in a motel down the street. You know, I, I thank God for Does he still protect? Yes, he does. Does he still? Yes, he does. Does he still deliver from the slavery of addictions? Uh, he delivers the alcoholic. He delivers the drug addict. You know, my grandfather was an alcoholic, my grandfather Williams, before he was saved. And when he gave his heart to Jesus, and God delivered him. And I was probably 35 years old before I even knew he had ever been drunk. You know what I mean? I never knew that. Good thing I didn't know it, you know. All I know is this. All I know, but he delivers. He delivers. He saves. And we can trust him. Does he still have power to save? Yes. Power to deliver. We can trust him. Does He, he still delivers the drug users. He still delivers from pornography. He still delivers from all those things that haunt and, and, and afflict and, and, and a sin that does so easily beset. He does deliver from all those things. Does Jesus still comfort the lonely, the brokenhearted, and the rejected? The Bible says he sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. He sticks closer than a He binds up the brokenhearted. He renews the minds of the sin-sick and the dysfunctional. He is faithful. Jesus saves and he still sets free praise his holy name. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. You know, seek his, 
Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Trust him with all your heart. Trust him with your relationships, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your, 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 your people that you work with. Trust him with all of those friendships and relationships. Trust Jesus with your future. Trust him with your possessions. If he says you need to step up and help with the missions project, then trust him. Amen? Trust him. Say, well, it doesn't really add up in my mind. If he's saying it to you, trust him. Amen? Trust him and let that testimony be one that gives glory to God. Sometimes we are unable to trust God because there is something between us and God. Sometimes there's, uh, it steals our faith. The nature of sin separates us from, from God. It separates us from his, God's presence. It separates us from his blessing. If you're standing in this service this morning, you're sitting here and you don't sense any, any you're, not, you're totally unaware. You're isolated. You're in a cocoon. You're isolated from the presence of God. Uh, then it's time to check what's happening. It's, it's time to say, Lord, I'm not sure what's going on here. But there's something that's between me and you, and I need you to put your finger on it. If he hasn't already, probably he has in this service. Because when you're exposed to the presence of the Lord, such as the Lord reveals himself, and many times in this church, in this services, we've appreciated that so very, very much because we know God is at work. God is at work. That when you sense his presence, somebody else senses his presence as well. And uh, you would sit and listen to Pastor Paul preach or others preach then we recognize again, uh, even though it may not be a topic that they're dealing with, it is still a challenge that the Holy Spirit, an opportunity that the Holy Spirit uses to speak to our heart and to challenge us and to arrest us in our thinking and cause us to bring us to a place of repentance and of, say, of saying, God, forgive me. God, change me. God, deliver me. God, set me free. God, make me your child because I do want to follow in your footsteps. I do want to be your disciple. I'm here this morning physically, but I'm also here spiritually. I'm also here, and I want to be not just physically sitting here, but I want to be connected. Hallelujah. And Lord, I recognize that my connection to you is priority number one before there's connections to other people. And the connections I have with other people, even though those connections may have motivated you and brought you to this church today, are secondary to what God wants to do in your life, which has to do with a connection with him which has to do with an openness between your spirit, your heart, and the Lord God Almighty who gave himself upon the cross of Calvary for your sin and for my sin, who paid a price and rose again from the dead and is alive this morning. Hallelujah. And he says, follow me. He says, trust me. He says, don't look to the right or look to the left, but follow me. Follow me and trust me. And he is worthy. He is worthy of your trust and worthy of your confidence and he will never fail. I've learned this much, that, that in my life or in your life, I may have failed God, and I'm going to testify and say that I have failed the Lord in times, but I recognize this, he has never failed me. Hallelujah. He has never failed me. Praise the Lord. And I know he, he is one who fails you. He is worthy. He is worthy of our trust. Consider the, in conclusion this morning, uh, I probably got a couple of conclusions here this morning. <laughs> the, the word trust, acrostic, it's a, the first is a T, and uh, total surrender to God. This total surrender to God, 
the R is repentance. Repentance for our sin and rebellion. Saying, Lord, forgive me. God, God I, I ask for your forgiveness. So we see there's surrender to God, total surrender to God. There is a repentance that says, Lord, forgive me. And then there is understanding. It's unconditional and it's, Lord, I need you to speak into my heart and show me the way. I need to see myself, Father, the way you see me. Uh, I ask that you will show me and help me to see this and understand it. So in understanding it, I am able to make a decision and I am able to trust you. And so we see that understanding and we see the third or the fourth letter is S is salvation, which is God's gift to you in Jesus Christ. It's God's gift. And we see the last T is take up your cross and follow Jesus. It's trust him, follow him, take up your cross daily and follow Jesus because he is worthy of your trust and he is worthy of your faith. And like people who have walked on before us, he is saying he, he never fails. And their testimony is exactly that. You know, usually a circus has people who dress up and do all kinds of things. One of the things with the circus is uh, a trapeze. Uh, the trapeze is one of those uh, people that swings around on a swing and, and flips through the air and does somersaults and they catch and they try to scare the things out of you, you know what I mean? Like it just, it's, it's kind of scary and intimidating. I can't never imagine being up there doing something like that. I'm high, I don't mind heights a lot, but I like to hang on with both hands and both feet, you know what I mean? And so the thing is, but the trapeze, you know, the trapeze artists that in the circus when they're, when they're doing their, their act and their somersaults and their, there's two people that are usually involved. There's a catcher and a flyer that work as a team. And, and the, the catcher catches the flyer who has to trust the catcher totally because when the flyer lets go, they really fly. They let go of their swing. They reach out, and maybe they're doing a somersault, one or two, and then they reach out, and, they're, and the catcher has to be right there to catch them. Well, you know, you're the flyer Amen. by faith, and Jesus Amen. is the catcher. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. And he has never Amen. dropped anybody yet. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You can trust him. That's a powerful picture. It says we can trust him as we, as we go through the ups and downs of life. Don't, don't, don't let faith or trust depend on the circumstances of where you are or that you find yourself in. Don't let it depend on the emotional reactions that you feel inside of you, but trust his character, trust his word, trust his power, and recognize that he has never failed anybody yet. Hallelujah. He's never dropped anybody and he promises that he never will and you will not be the first. Hallelujah. So trust him. Trust him. Trust him with your life and trust him with yourself. Trust him with your heart. King David, he wrote of Psalm 62, he waited 10 years from the time Samuel anointed him to when he became king. He waited 10 years. 10 years. Well, God told me something, and I don't know why he hasn't given it to me, because it was last week. <laughs> you know? Abraham 
or pardon me, uh, yeah, we find that Abraham, that, that he waited, he waited 25 years, you know, for Isaac. 25 years. 25 years. God is not slack concerning his promises. He's not slack. God is still working on you and me. In Romans chapter 8, we read, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God has a purpose. God has a plan. God has a design. So trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So what is my role here this morning in closing this morning? And if musicians are around, they're going to come. My role this morning is to introduce you to Jesus. That's really the role that we have here, and there's a team that's going to come as well. And it's not that it's not that we have to say certain words. It's not that we have to say a certain formula. But we need to take you by the hand, and we need to lead you into the presence of Jesus. And leading you into the presence of Jesus, you find a place of surrender. And you say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I'm going to trust you with my life. I'm going to trust you with my past. I'm going to trust you with my future and all that I am. So this morning, whether you're in the balcony or you're down here on the main floor, God is speaking to your heart, and he is challenging you to trust him. Maybe you've, you have known this past week that this morning was going to be a significant time in your life, and you were going to experience something that was unusual in your life today. And that was that you're ready to say yes I trust you. Yes, Lord, I trust you. You're ready to say that. You're ready to do that. You're ready to submit to that. You've heard this message maybe many times before, but this morning, God, by his Holy Spirit, is speaking to your heart, and you are ready to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, let's bow our hearts together in prayer. Father, Father, we recognize that as I speak these few words, that it gives us an opportunity, it gives you an opportunity, and it gives us an opportunity to reach out and take you by the hand and make a decision that says yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that you will stir by your Holy Spirit all over this audience and bring us to that place where we're able to say yes, yes, Lord Jesus I submit to you. Yes, Lord, I receive you. Yes, Lord, I need you. And yes, Lord, I trust you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.